Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Hey there, how are you? Wednesday, October 30th, Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. I'm Sean Carey. Steve, in a moment, we'll check in from the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on the strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You can get in contact with the show. You can email Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Look for us on social media. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter handle at Steve Jones PSU. Subscribe to our free podcast. We are on the Apple Podcast app and Google Play. Search Steve Jones Show and then hit the subscribe button. We'll drop the shows right into your mobile device, take them with you, and you can also go back in time, access at least three months of previously aired shows. We've got them on our homepage at stevejonesshow.com. Got some Penn State conversation coming up later with Steve and Donnie Collins, Nittany Line football writer from the Scranton Times Tribune, as Penn State cruises into their second bye week of the 2019 season. Week from Saturday, they will head to Minnesota. Battle of two 8-0 teams, Penn State and the Golden Gophers. That'll be a 12 noon kick Eastern time, one week from Saturday. And our airtime will be 10.30 with the tailgate with Steve and Jack and Matt and Roger here on 1070 WKOK. So perhaps the Houston Astros should have spent the night in a hotel, taken a bus together to the ballpark this afternoon, and asked for Baby Shark to be blasted from the speakers at Minute Maid Park. Anything to make Game 7 of the World Series a road game is fair game. That's right, Game 7, winner take all tonight, World Series. This is absolutely bonkers. The road team has won the first six games after the Nationals getting the big victory last night by a score of 7-2. to two. And this has never happened before in the... 1,420 best of seven series, not only across Major League Baseball, but also the NHL and the NBA. The road team has not won the first six games until this series. So home field advantage, forget about it. The road team has a 43 to 12 run differential in this series. That is also insane. Justin Verlander, sure, he's a future Hall of Famer. One of the greatest pitchers of this generation, but in the World Series, in seven career starts, he is 0-6 with a 5.68 ERA. Then you flip it to Steven Strasburg. He is the first pitcher in Major League Baseball history to go 5-0 in a single postseason. And look who is back on the bump tonight for the Washington Nationals, Max Scherzer, 3-0 with a 2.16 ERA this postseason. Uh, he will get the ball tonight. 
for Game 7. He was a late scratch on Sunday due to neck spasms. And Houston will counter with Zach Greinke. 0-2 this postseason, 5.3 ERA. He has yet to deliver a signature performance for the Astros, but he will be pitching at home, and that's where he had his best playoff outing in Game 1. So considering the Astros have endured a losing skid of more than two games at home just once during the regular season, crazy to think that they would lose four straight, but hey, that's exactly what this World Series has been. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. And we love that. Road team keeps winning. Nobody knows why. Do you know why? (laughs) Nobody knows why. No. Kurt Suzuki should be back in the lineup for the Nationals. Uh, He'll probably bat in the eighth slot. Houston should stick with their same. uh, They'll have the same lineup as they had last night. And Granke will pitch tonight. I'm not so sure this is Granke's... I'm not so sure he's built for this moment. It's weird because I remember back on July 31st, uh, the day of the trade deadline, and you and I were just going through feverishly left and right. Okay, this person's going here, this player's going there, and it was just after 4 o'clock when we got word about Zach Greinke. <laughs> it's that famous line that the late, great Dennis Green, you let, crown him already, you know, crown him champions. It's like I think we almost had that vibe we were just going to hand the the title to the Astros that wow how how is anyone going to beat the Astros now that you have him in the number three hole in the pitching rotation and now he starts game seven wow and it looks like Max Scherzer's going to go I mean can his back and his neck hold up yeah he could barely get out of bed from what I heard on Monday morning yeah wow well, that's tough Tough dude. That is, that is tough. So I think this is the first time in Game 7 in a World Series you got two former Cy Young winners going toe-to-toe. There you go. So hopefully both will be out there for as long as possible. You'd hate to uh, – I mean, I mean, credit to Scherzer earlier in this series. I mean, he barely made it. Was it – did he go five? Was it, was it five? He, he went five. He got the win. Now, can I make a note that, about that's Strauss, the, that's Strasburg? the that's the key. He got to five innings, but just all those yeah. pitchers that he had to uh, had to toss. Yeah, but a quick note about Strasburg. Yeah, do you realize that the Nationals have won eleven games in the postseason? They won the wild card game, three divisional series games, four NLD uh, NLCS games, now three World Series games. They have eleven wins. He has five of the wins. How about that, that? that team got a lot of heat earlier this decade when they were shelving him and resting him and uh uh before well, before the no before, offense, before, no, before no the offense. term load before we heard the term load management <laughs> get kicked no, around no no offense they deserve the criticism yeah cuz he still got arm trouble you know they deserved it i'm sorry i've watched so many pitchers when the Pirates were here, were they baby guys left and right? And guess what? All of them ended up with arm trouble. Hey, that's not the answer. It's not the answer. I mean, and again, he can't. 
they make up the lineup. So since they make up the lineup, it's not his fault that they're saying, I, he didn't say shut me down. He didn't say that. They shut him down. But is anybody watching this? The ratings for this World Series have not been good. Now, tonight, you would think a Game 7, the be-all, end-all. has got to be the one that draws a rating. Last year when the Red Sox clinched against the Dodgers, got a 10. Well, none of the games in this series have been remotely close to a 10. Last Wednesday night, I had to break it to my wife gently. She loves to watch the show on Fox, The Masked Singer, and it got bumped last week. Uh, I'll have to (laughs) guess what. (laughs) Sweetie, it's not on tonight. (laughs) Can you explain the concept of that show? I've never watched it. I she roped me in. It's uh I watched a little bit of the uh season one of The Mass Singer. Season two just started less than a month ago. Is the they, person actually singing? I think so. Or, or, I, or are they lip syncing somebody I, else's songs? I wonder while they're performing up there with the mask on if it's if it is a pre recorded if it's pre recorded audio of that person singing. I mean, obviously, you can't tell if they're singing or not because they have the mask on. But when that person gets revealed at the end of the show, they they have that person. They show them singing for about 25, 30 seconds before the credits roll. Then it's the end of the show. Uh, Paul Schaefer, David Letterman's former musical director for decades, uh, he was on the show and he uh, he missed the cut a couple of weeks ago and was uh, was sent home packing. And you could tell that he I could tell he was singing at the end of the show. But that's the thing. While they're up there with the mask on. I wonder if it's pre-recorded or not, or if they doctor that person's voice so you can't tell right away who it is. But they've had Donny Osmond on the show, uh, former Steeler, former Raider, former Patriot. <laughs> Antonio Brown was last season on season one. Uh, former daytime talk show host Ricky Lake has been on the show. So it's mostly you know B and C listing, you know Hollywood TV and movie people that have been on the show. You said nothing that's enticed me to watch it. All right, so <laughs> it's uh, I I really I tried to figure it out before the show debuted on Fox, and and it's very popular overseas. I want to say either in Japan or Korea, it is huge over there. So I guess that's where Fox got the idea to create their own American version and and put it on here. Nick Cannon, who used to host America's Got Talent before Terry Crews took over the show, uh, he's now he Nick Cannon hosts the. Uh, Mass singer. And you have Jenny McCarthy at the desk, Ken Jong from The Hangover, Robin Thick, Blurred Lines, Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls. They're the uh, people at the uh, judges' table trying to figure out who it is. And they reel off all these stars and try to figure it out on the fly who it actually, who they are behind the, uh, behind the mask. Just another slice of reality TV that's easy to, easy to produce and doesn't cost much to put together. Again, I repeat, you have said nothing to entice me to watch it. All right. <laughs> Even Terry Bradshaw was on there last year. But I think the only reason why he was on there is just to cross-promote Fox NFL Sunday. It's got to be the only reason why he was on there. Because they strategically tease other shows that are on the network. 
because there was a couple of weeks ago they were debuting a brand new show on Fox that came on right after The Masked Singer. Well, who was in the crowd? Wow, how about that? Three people that were in that show that were coming up after The Masked Singer. How convenient was that? So I tried to avoid the show, but I got roped in. That's the difference. Yes. I did I did not walk out of the room when I had the chance. <laughs> it could be on for an entire hour. I can't I could not be roped into it. I'm like, I'm not gonna watch this. That's just me. The better half Other, lets yeah. me watch a lot of sports. And I, feel, eh, I better sit down and at least watch one show. That's fine. So, yeah, so that's, not, that's, I, that's, I, I do not criticize anybody that watches something that I don't watch because everybody has their own taste. It was like, either that me, or 90 Day Fiance on TLC. The fair, I, I, oh, I draw the line. <laughs> oh, I know. Just, it's like, where do they get those people? <laughs> and pay them. Exactly. It's all about paying people yeah a little bit of paper but how anybody can go out and yeah, exactly. go out and make a full out of the how shows. low will they go to take the paper that's right evidently very yeah <laughs> all right so we got to wait till next wednesday for the mass singer to return but hey that's that's next week and the winner of the mass singer is he bowled a 297 <laughs> all right We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Well, how about Bo Nickel? You can now call him Bo Nickel World Champion. And I'm talking like he steamrolled his bracket. He won his preliminary 12 to 2. Then he beat Tanizaki from uh, Japan in the quarters. He, he took him down at 123. Zaberov, the 2018 world champion from Azerbaijan, beat him in the semifinals 9-2. And then he won the final 12-2 over Tukalov of Russia. 12-2. I mean, like he, like he, he rolled through everybody. Way to go, Bo. Bo on the phone. Yeah, there you go. I just I just I, hung up. I'd like Is to that be on bad? the show today. <laughs> Sorry, that's not how it works. So Bo has locked his spot in the Olympic trials in the Jordan Center in twenty twenty, correct? In April. That's awesome. In April. He is he is something special. And remember, this, you know, and this is the the world under twenty three championship. All right, so you got to remember, okay, when I talk about world champion, it's the, it's the U23 championship, okay? But he won it. Quite an accomplishment. Quite an accomplishment. Bo Nickel. And you know, it's amazing to me about what Zane Rutherford's done, Bo Nickel, David Taylor, what he's done is that olympic style wrestling is different than collegiate style wrestling so you you know you've got to be the versatility that they show is amazing to change styles the way they do it's terrific yeah, it's very rare that high level of competition you, you very rare you see pins plus they only take one break and they take a break uh, at the three-minute mark and goes six minutes. 92 kilos. That was the weight class that uh, that Bo was in. 
Yeah, sure, if they say so. Yes. All right, um, that's great. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I, have to, yeah, I have trouble when you go from pounds to kilos when it comes to moving up to that level. And okay, what weight is that? What weight class is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really worry too much about that. Just if they want it, they want it. I mean, I remember, they. of course, there was, geez, it was back in the 70s. They're really pushing down the metric system in this country, really pushing it. Oh, yeah, I was in grade school. We were, They were trying yeah. to uh, get us to learn that back then, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of us were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember at Fenway Park, I think now it's 310 down the line and left, but years gone by, they had measured it when I was a kid. It was 315. And they put the metric 96 meters. Everybody's like, get out of here. <laughs> How cold is it out? Zero yeah. Celsius. No, I thought it was 32. Exactly. We have numbers we can relate to. Uh, and and, if any, and anybody who is using Celsius, they can't relate to Fahrenheit. That you know, it's that's because it's not what they can relate to. That's the gauge in Canada, right? To measure temperature. Yeah, and most of the world. Now, if you really want to make it hot, use the Kelvin scale. All right. What do you mean it's three hundred? Well, it's not as bad as you think. <laughs> I think I think if the Kelvin scale is in like five hundred something is boiling water. As opposed to Celsius being 100. Even a science lesson mixed in today. Love it. What is it? Fahrenheit's 212? Boiling point, yes. And Celsius is 100? Yes. I mean, you people don't think we're well-rounded. Outstanding young American. Way to go. Yeah. Picked up something in school. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us today. And then last half hour, we'll delve a little bit more into name, image, and likeness. Because I would like to see Sean capitalize on that. There aren't many people I know that can capitalize on being Mr. 297. (laughs) That does have a certain ring to it, though. Yeah, It probably hasn't been copyrighted, so it may be easier to... uh... Would would you brag about 297? (laughs) I'd love a 297. Oh, wouldn't mind two ninety seven, but let's face it: when the money was on the table, what happened? Oof. There were three standing. 
And not only that, but you and I have, through research, been able to find the three. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, high school football roundtable will be tomorrow to preview the three area teams that'll be embarking on district play. Chickalemi, Sealands Grove, and Lewisburg. By the way, we, we we will hear from Greg Wetzel tomorrow. He'll be calling in from Florida. What? Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's only so much you can do with the grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. I mean, is Justin going to be here too, or uh, be just Greg? Justin just does Greg. not. Justin does not want to steal Greg's thunder. He lo- Greg loves the roundtable segment. So, well, good. I I'd, we... well, I'd said that to Justin earlier. It's like you know, you can still stop by. You know, take take Greg's chair, even though he'd be on the phone. Wow. Okay. But Greg I'll loves the that. segment. So, but well, yeah, he'll, he'll call. Well, Glad it'll be on. And we'll yeah. preview those three games tomorrow. Plus, tomorrow is also our prediction day. What were the numbers this week? Uh, let's see. After 10 weeks, actually, you went 6-1 and one last week. Well done. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no big deal. All right. I I have I have no clue what I'm doing every week. None. You were six and one. King and I were five and two. So you were able to tighten the gap to three games. Kev is forty four and thirty. You are forty one and thirty one. I am thirty six and twenty nine. As we head into week eleven, looks like we'll pick eight games tomorrow. We're going to add Patriots Ravens into the mix uh, tomorrow in our picks. Terrific. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm sure between now and then I'll even research it. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Maybe not. I'll probably just keep doing it the same way I've been doing it. Like, ah, oh, yeah, that sounds good. It's like going to the racetrack. Boy, I really like blue silks. I think I'll pick that horse. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, bring in Chris Mack from Pittsburgh. Chris, always a pleasure. Great to have you with us. Thank you, Steve. Good to be with you again. Uh, normally, when you clean house, you walk in and you look at everybody and you say, "I'm really sorry, but we're cleaning house." Yeah, okay. you kind of you don't go through and clean the basement first, and then go yeah. up to the attic, and then right. go find a, maybe something under the kitchen sink. I mean, you go in order, right? Well, sometimes you go in and with a sledgehammer, you go out and you <laughs> smash everything, and then you you move on. Uh, You're right. Normally, you don't do it by paper cuts. Uh, so, how? I guess Bob Nutting had a press conference the other day, and he's not usually that media accessible. I mean, did he? Well, did he it, give it a, wasn't. Did he give it, a good account of himself? Or it, it wasn't really. You know, when we think of press conference, we think of a guy getting up on the dais, right, or behind a podium, and all the assembled media comes out, and everybody asks their questions that they want to ask, and yeah. it was odd. Uh, they've done it this way with Bob before, where he speaks to print reporters, and then in a small group, in a conference room, he does this every uh, spring down at Bradenton, okay. too, at Pirate City. Okay. Uh, he'll, he'll speak to the print media, and then uh, he'll hold a separate session with uh, radio journalists and reporters, and then he'll hold a third even separate one uh, with 
television reporters. Uh, so it's it's odd that he does it that way, but that's the way they've done it in the past. Um, you know, so he did speak to the media, and you know, by some people's accounts, he he was contrite and you know very focused on doing things differently moving forward. Um, I think I, I don't know if I'm necessarily there in my opinion of of it what he had to say and how he did it. Um, but I will say that um, actions are always going to speak louder than words, and I think actions over the next few months uh, and coming years will bear out whether any of these words uh, we were told the other day actually mean anything. And I got a feeling more fans um, and even people around baseball feel that way too. That you know, uh, it, it's going to take many years of actions that back up uh, Bob Nutting's words. Uh, to follow in the footsteps of what he actually said and follow in the footsteps of hiring a very good businessman in, in Travis Williams. Uh, he's got to back all that up now and hope that Travis uh, brings the right baseball people in and sets the right things in motion. I was going to ask about that move. I mean, I'm, look, and I freely admit to everybody, look, I personally like Frank Coonley a lot and respect yes. him a lot. I also very, very good man. Yeah, I also get the feeling that in the end, I think it sounded like as much his decision to leave as it was the uh, Bob Nuttings. Uh, I mean, well, I'm, just, I, I I'm just getting that. Fe- I'm getting that feeling that they. Yeah. That he wasn't totally I, in, uh, on board with everything. I don't know if I think the way things were being presented to him, as they would have been moving forward, uh, may not have been um, the way he wanted them. And I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't privy to that conversation between Bob sure. Nutting and Frank Coonley sure. and. Um, you know, but I, I would say that some people uh, believe that uh, while it, while it, it goes down as a mutual parting of the ways, um, there wasn't much option left for Frank. I don't sure. think at this point, um, and you can't blame him for if he feels like he's been the one sent out there to take the bullets for a long time. Yeah, uh, that he got tired of taking those bullets. Um, you know, it was odd. I thought that he was not sent out there. Uh, on September 29th to announce the dismissal of Clint Hurdle, right. uh, or at least be a part of that immediate media availability, um, and that we hadn't heard from him in a while, and that Neil Huntington was made to do all that dirty work before he himself was dispatched. Um, so it's I, they got there the long way, but they've gotten where many of us thought they needed to get, at least to start down this new path with everybody being cleaned out. So what about the timetable? I mean, obviously you're only going to be guessing. At some point the winter meetings will take place in San Diego in early December. You have to have somebody in place by then. So uh, in the next couple of weeks, do you sense that the door is open to a GM who then opens the door to a manager? Yeah, they've got to move quickly, I think, because of those winter meetings. I don't think you can go into those meetings not knowing what your plan is. Unless Travis Williams really looks at this, and again, he's got no baseball background, no more than any of us. Um, So maybe he looks at the winter meetings as an opportunity um, to to sew things up with a GM, to, to really get a feel for... Uh, the atmosphere around baseball and the view of the Pittsburgh Pirates as an organization around sure. baseball. Uh, so I think we'll either get something before Thanksgiving or this may be a really protracted thing. Um, I don't think Travis is in any hurry to do things hastily. I think he's going to be very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I and, and I don't blame him because he has to get a lay for the land in the sport. 
Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, he's got to determine, and, and I don't know who his sources are going to be, who his trusted advocates, his, his um, you know, his, his the, the people to shepherd him into the world of baseball, who his people are going to be. I know, you know, he's got some connections, obviously, in Pittsburgh. What are, what are his connections like around the rest of the game? Right. And how does that help him? Uh, find who he thinks may be the right person uh, to head up baseball operations going forward. I would hope that it would be someone uh, with a little bit more executive experience, maybe even somebody who, maybe they plug somebody into a VP of baseball ops kind of role, um, who has a a greater uh, oversight of the entire baseball operation. That was one thing that they lost in Frank Coonley in that he wasn't necessarily making personnel decisions, but he was sure. a baseball man. Um, so it's gonna, it's going to be a different structure than it was before. Um, I, I, I would like to see them get it done sooner rather than later because I think uh, that would calm a lot of nerves uh, for not just fans, but you know, think about players who are out there getting a start on their off-season workouts, maybe, sure. and have no idea what they're going to be walking into in February uh, or January when they get back to Florida. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what path they go, though. Do they decide to go with someone who's a little younger, a little more analytically driven? Uh, do mm-hmm. they decide to go with someone who's a little more old school um, and, and has a history of, of building or rebuilding franchises? Um, I, I would hope that they would go, and it would seem with Travis's track record in hockey, that they would go um, a little bit more cutting edge. Uh, that was a term that was used during that meeting the other day with the media by Bob Nutting and Travis Williams, that they've got to find the next competitive advantage, you know, and they've got to be the, the groundbreakers again, much like they were seven years ago. Um, but I don't know what direction they're going to go in for that, you know, and, and uh, they, they've got to work hard and quick to find that direction, which that lack of direction was the reason Frank and Neil and Clint were all sent packing to begin with. All right. Um, that's all well and good, and I, yeah, you're, I completely understand, completely agree with your answer. But it's all well and good. But if okay, let's take Theo. Epstein. Say he mm-hmm. were hired to be the general manager of the Pirates. Now you're talking about Theo Epstein, who's now, as a GM, has been quote the architect of three World Series championships, four and seven with the Red Sox and sixteen with the Cubs. But what did Theo Epstein have to work with? Yeah, well, he was given the resources that they, he needed. Right. He had John Henry as an owner, and mm-hmm. then the Ricketts family yeah. in ownership, which meant he could build a farm system, which is obviously whomever comes in, they're going to want to do that with the Pirates. No no question. And that needs to be a priority. But they were allowed to fill the gaps by spending a little here and spending a little there. Yeah. Well, and I, I, He's always had. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry, it, because there's, there's several directions this kind of sets us off in uh, very quickly. And one is, is Bob Nutting going to spend any more money? Right. Um, I, I don't, I don't foresee this team walking out onto the field next spring with 125 million dollar payroll. Right. Um, I, it's, it's not going to happen. And he said he has said as much. He said the other day that he doesn't believe major league payroll is the top indicator or is not a place where that has been their shortcoming in the past. So he's already thrown out the idea of Major League Payroll because he, uh, he cited over and over again Oakland and Tampa. Okay, that's fine. If you believe that you don't need to have a middle-of-the-road 
payroll, if you believe you can really succeed, again, Tampa and Oakland as examples, yep. with a bottom third payroll, then you've got to be that groundbreaker. You've got to find that yeah. next cutting edge. And um, I, my, my question would also be, if you're Bob Nutting and you, you either don't have, which I find hard to believe, but let's say you don't have or aren't willing to use those kind of resources, uh, are you going to go to Major League Baseball then and uh, plead your case for the imbalance that we all know exists in Major League Baseball right. between the Tampas, the Oaklands, the Kansas Cities, the Pittsburghs of the world, and the New Yorks, Bostons, L.A.s, Houston's, places like that, Chicago's? Um, and he did say that he believes you should be more front and center in that role. But again, we're talking about nothing changing in that regard until the next CBA at the very least. And I don't think there's a lot of big market teams that are going to want to share any more money or level the playing field anymore with these small market teams, especially, you know, we've talked about Pittsburgh and, and Miami in particular having grievances filed against them for their use of revenue sharing money. Yes. Unless, unless they get a chance to look at the books or maybe not look at the books right. but have evidence furnished to them, okay, this is how we're using our revenue sharing money. So he's in a sticky situation. If he's going to back up that claim that he's going to be, be more front and center in regards to pleading the case of the small market franchise in Major League Baseball, he better be ready, willing, and able to step up and prove how they're using their funds and their resources that are being allocated to them by larger market franchises to improve their Major League roster. And maybe, you know, maybe that sets us down a path of, you know, uh, you, you can get revenue sharing, but that revenue sharing has to be immediately poured into Major League payroll. Maybe that's a part of the next CBA. Um, but I'll be curious to see how that plays out and if Bob actually backs up that claim, wants to be more vociferous in his defense of not just the Pittsburgh Pirates, but, you know, as I mentioned again, the Oaklands, Tampas, and Kansas Cities mm -hmm. of the world. Well, and that was always the late George Steinbrenner's complaint about the luxury tax. Right. Uh, and he would say, look, I'm giving the money in Kansas City's taking it and they're keeping it. Mm -hmm. he said it's a valid it's a valid complaint absolutely because there's nothing there's nothing to back up especially when everybody is getting so much national tv money there's nothing to back up that these teams are taking this money and pouring it back into major league payroll unless you provide a balance sheet a year and a half ago in the settlement right each major league team got 50 million dollars a year ago yes. each one got 50 million in that in that settlement i think it was with disney whatever it happened to be Fifty million and the, each, what, and, and the Pirates' payroll has gone what, down by about thirty million in what, the past two right. years. What did they do with the money? I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a fan, that's what I want to know. You were fifty million fell out of the sky. What did you do with it? And it's a wonderful question. They always push back, Steve. The Pirates organization does that. These Forbes valuations and these dollar figures that get put out aren't necessarily. Uh, an accurate picture. Well, then give us a more accurate picture if that's the case. If, if what Forbes tells us as an independent arbiter of the finances in baseball and each individual art organization is not accurate, then please, by all means, provide us a more right. accurate depiction of what's going on, and we still haven't had that. But the problem with the $50 million is everybody knows they got it. Yeah. See, well, and and, and I don't need to see a balance sheet because I know each, each one of the 30 teams got it. And, and, the, and the problem, too, with claiming that you are the aggrieved party, much like the Raiders or the A's or the Royals, yeah. is that you've then got to prove that that's what's patently keeping you from competing when out of the other side of your mouth you're telling us 
that you can compete regardless of what your payroll is. Well, which is it? Uh, are you stuck behind the eight ball because you don't have as much money available as the bigger markets? Or are you sitting here cleaning out your front office staff saying, no, you won three years ago without a large payroll. You need to be able to do it again. Always great discussion, Chris. I really <laughs> appreciate the time. We, we solved nothing, but it was fun. <laughs> we never do solve anything, do we? But we do have good conversations, Steve. Um, I'll, I'll look forward to catching up with you next week if we can to talk about uh, the, the interesting trip out to Minnesota that's forthcoming. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so All right, much. Sir. Appreciate Thanks as it, always. Chris Mack in Pittsburgh. We'll come back. Donnie Collins next half hour on Penn State football here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Chickalemi, Sealands Grove, Lewisburg, all in playoff football. A little bit more than 48 hours from now. We'll preview all three teams tomorrow on our roundtable. Picks also coming up tomorrow. Looking forward to that as well. So we've got plenty going on. Game 7 of the World Series is tonight. Nationals and the Astros. It looks like it's going to be Max Scherzer on the mound tonight for the Nationals and Zach Greinke. We'll get the ball tonight for the Houston Astros. The home team has yet to win a game in the series that has never happened in the opening six games of a series. Never. Where the road team has won every game. Remarkable. This is remarkable. So, there you go. And it's hard to predict... When you look at the series, who could win? Greinke has never really performed well in this spot. Shears are physically, you don't know. You look at the national at the Nationals, obviously Rendon and Soto have got to perform well. And when it looks at the Astros, you know, every time Bregman comes up, you think he's going to do something. Every time Springer comes up, you think he's going to do something. Every time Altuve comes up, you think he's going to do something. Every time Correa comes up, you think he's going to do something. Well, that's a lot of guys in your lineup that you think are going to do something. And yet, it's been sporadic. So Game 7 is tonight. Fox is hoping for a rating tonight. The question was... I think tomorrow night's game is it with the 49ers and Cardinals tomorrow. That's right. All right. Not exactly the marquee of all NFL marquee matchups, yet it's going to outdraw tonight's game seven. The way wow. it is. That really puts it in perspective. 
Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Donnie Collins, next half hour from the Scranton Times Tribune on Penn State Football.